Hey, Cameron. Yeah, Miles. Have you heard of the Metal Family? Um, is that, uh, do they have people that are named like calcium and uh, lithium in it? Or, oh, oh, wait, 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 wait. Uh, this is a different kind of metal, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. When you open your eyes, when you gaze at the sky, when you look to the stars as they shut down the night, you know the story. Hello, friends of the podcast. My name is Miles. And I'm Cam. And today I'm introducing Cameron to The Metal Family. Metal Family is an ongoing Russian web series created in 2018 by Alina Kovaleva. Leva. Created by Alina Kovaleva. It goes into the family who came together and gets through life thanks to their love of the genre of music known as metal. Now, if you don't know, metal is a very large genre comparable to that of jazz, pop, rock, or electronic. I thought rock was, uh, I thought metal was a type of rock. Yes and no. Believe it or mm. not, metal actually stems from more of a classical root, whereas rock is more of a, uh, a chain gang and bluegrass root. Right, 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 right. So, Coming from the jazz uh, and similar... Exactly. So they're, they're very, very similar in terms of their sound, but that's kind of like saying, uh, what would be a good example? Saying that... Irish folk music uh -huh. and Aboriginal uh, powwow music are the same. Okay, so kind of like uh, throat singing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So people would kind of consider them to be the same genre because, well, they're both old, but, you know, they kind of... They can kind of sound similar, kind of. Right. Maybe not those two particularly, but maybe like Irish folk music and Scottish folk music or something along those lines. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very different, but, you know, they do kind of overlap a little. I see. Okay. I, I'd never, that's the first I'd ever heard of it. I'd always had thought that metal was originally an offshoot of rock and roll and then it just turned into its own thing and metal has all sorts of subgenres within it, but... Well, I'm learning something new today about music. It's a little bit of both, but if you do take a look at how people write metal music, mm. it's definitely not how people wrote rock and roll. Ah, it's kind okay. it's very much its own thing. So that's why they say it stems from classical. Right. Um, that makes a lot of sense actually. In fact, the kind of song that kind of kicked this all off cuz they did a music video of it is uh The Story Ain't Over by Avantasia. And it, this very much is a metal song. And if you look at the way it's written and how mm -hmm. it's performed, it's definitely more of a classical piece than I, it would be, say, something like Elvis Presley would do. Ah, okay. Yes. Now, for those of you who don't know, this series is translated to English in 2021 due to its love and admiration of the Western world, not to be confused with Pennywise. So wait, do you mean in the sense that it really blew up outside of the Slavic area and therefore they were like, oh, I guess we need to translate this now? Or was Absolutely. Okay. That's exactly what happened. In fact, they have a nice little video where the lead uh, producer, the person who created the story, right. uh, Alina, mm -hmm. she actually is trying to speak English to tell everybody, thank you. Thank you for liking this. <laughs> but we can't really do an English version because we don't know how. 
And then uh, another guy came in. Speak English. Another guy came in and said, "You know what? I'll do the translation. I will help find the voice actors, and we just need to do some editing and that, and we can put this out for English-speaking people. You know, dubs instead of subs. Of course, <laughs> dubs instead of subs. The YouTube version. Exactly. Twenty twenty-one. Oh wow! So this is a really. I mean. I had kind of gotten the sense watching this that this was an older series, as in this was something that originally came out in maybe the mid-2010s, you know, like 2014 or something like that. And then maybe it had got something done just before the pandemic, like 2018, 2019, they would have done the first season. Oh, no, this has been out for a long time. Well, (laughs) I mean, yes, but it hasn't been out for that long. Because oh, if this okay, was yeah, when, because yeah. the, the translation twenty twenty one, that's really yeah. recent. It is quite recent. It's, um, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. How how can I put it? it it's how I figured found out about it was quite recent as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because I scour the internet for all sorts of things, and uh, yeah, it's it's a great little show. Um, it does feel a little bit dated because I think they're actually using uh, a similar. Like older Flash style programs? I think they are actually using a Flash program uh-huh. uh, with how the animation plays out. It very much reminds me of the Ultimate Showdown. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was kind of getting those vibes too. Demon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that is what they're using for their animation. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I, I suppose that that's kind of why I was wondering or was surprised by how relatively recent it was done. <laughs> just just based off of <laughs> based off of the style it made me think that it was somewhat older well you know some people they find a uh a thing that works for them it might and be they, an older yep. thing and they they stick with it yep. nothing wrong with that yep absolutely no very true now that we have a bit of an introduction let's ask what do you think of these youtube cartoons <laughs> I like them a lot, actually. Um, I do love original content as much as I enjoy watching speed runs and let's plays and the occasional video essay. I mean, I got to be honest here. I definitely don't go looking for YouTube original content, probably because I don't exactly know what to look for in the first place, because that's never really been what I went to YouTube in the first place. Yes. Even back in the early days when YouTube was brand new in the two in like two thousand six two thousand seven, I was still mostly going there to watch to watch things like the Yu Gi Oh abridged series and then abridged series for video games and things like that. And then Let's Plays became a big thing, and of course watching movies and listening to music and things like that. That's really all I've ever used YouTube for. So I don't know how to find stuff like this. Because it's not something that I've ever thought of YouTube being a place for. (laughs) Well, uh, there is a lot of it out there. A good portion of it is kind of (laughs) garbage. But some of it's like, you know, it's a lot like Robot Chicken. If you keep mining, you'll find gold. (laughs) Yeah, there's a a couple good for every episode. And then the rest of it is just, yeah, okay, whatever. Yes. So, uh, Cameron, did you like the Metal family? Yes, absolutely. I thought it was really down-to-earth setting. 
Um, well, even with how heavily stylized the family is, and I don't necessarily mean from an animation perspective, I mean just in the sense of the individual personalities of each member of the metal family, it still felt very, um, it's, you know, reality TV, right? You know, all, all that stupid crap that they have on TLC and things like that, or even going back to when we would have been kids where you had, um, what the hell was that? The Simple Life or that thing when Jessica Simpson was married and she confused tuna to be chicken, didn't know it was fish, things like... So, you know wow. reality... <laughs> I didn't know about that. Because <laughs> I know about reality TV and I know and enough avoid, to, uh, avoid to avoid it. it. Yeah. Like, okay. Basically at all cost. <laughs> well, so that's effectively my only real... A relationship with reality TV is something that is still heavily stylized and serialized for commercial production and consumption. So it never really feels real as in something that is, you know, just following ra a random family and just checking in on how they're doing. So this, I think, is more realistic than what reality TV is purporting to advertise. Yes. Yeah. Uh, since we're talking about reality TV, I think another <laughs> thing we should add on the list is MTV's fear. Oh, <laughs> oh God. I've seen some of that. It's, I think it would be a fun one because like nobody knows about it, right? So. Uh, really? Yeah, not too many people know about it. Oh, okay. They, they forgot about it. Oh, okay. I, I think say. I feel that that might be more accurate. Oh, oh man. I don't well, blame them for it. Yeah. But, uh, is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, there is something about the fact that they are special in their own way because... Well, as we're going to learn, you know, they're all drawn together thanks to their love of metal. Um, but they're still just regular people. Yeah. And we see that, that they're just regular people. It kind of feels almost like an Adams Family thing. Yeah, that was, you know, I was very tempted to make an Adams Family joke when we were doing our Have You Ever Heard of Thing. But I was like, no, let's stick with the metal. Periodic table's funnier. Fair enough. You don't want to make it sound like you know it already, right? <laughs> well, not necessarily that. I just mean more in the sense of uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a funnier it's a funnier joke. Is what it is. So, I don't know if you can say if you relate to any of these people here, but do you think anybody do you think anybody could relate to these characters? Oh yeah, absolutely. I can think of people that I have met in life that would very easily identify with members of the family. Um, let's, I mean, I don't, myself, I don't think that I can relate specifically to one member of the family because there are individual aspects, especially watching all of the first season. There are bits and pieces for each of the four members that I can identify with, but there's nothing as a whole that immediately makes me go, yep, I identify with them or that person or this person well actually i don't know perhaps the one that i can identify with the most at this point would be heavy but i don't know maybe maybe that's just because he's the youngest i don't <laughs> i'm not i don't know that the 
that's the only character that I can think of immediately that it's like, yeah, sure, I guess I identify with Heavy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, uh, so would you recommend this to others? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Um, the Especially since this isn't actually that big of a time sink to get into it. I mean, this is 10 episodes... And it's really only the final two episodes, which are more of a like a two-parter, right? The and they're the longest. Whereas everything else is under 10 minutes long. Again, which makes me think that it was an older YouTube thing back in the days where you had limits for how long you could make your videos. Yeah. Because uh, everything does... was under 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I think they <laughs> It certainly does feel like that, doesn't it? But uh, I will say that, uh, you know, 90 minutes isn't much to invest in something, right? Oh, yeah. Like, whether you love it or hate it, give it 90 minutes. I do, You, I will say right here, mm -hmm. if you haven't watched it, stay till the very end, because it might just surprise you. Well, you mean the very end of the show, right? Yes, the yeah. very end of the show. If you're staying on to the end of this episode, presumably you've watched this because we are going to get into spoilers in a few moments. Exactly. But before we do this, I do have one very important question to ask you, Cameron. Oh, yes. What's that? Why do you think I showed this to you? <sighs> I have no idea, Miles. You show... <laughs> you show me so many random things every other day that I just roll with your recommendations at this point. Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now, let's get into some spoiler territory here. Uh... Well, welcome back, everybody. Uh, okay, now that we are into the spoilers area, let's talk about some of the plot. So the show follows the Metal family as they go about their daily lives and the shenanigans that follows their choices. Their choice to be different. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> and the shenanigans that follows their choice to be different. Or themselves. Let's go with themselves. The first episode shows the son heavy and the father glam. Then Victoria gets teased. As uh, in, they tease her showing up, not Victoria getting teased by somebody. <laughs> Should clarify uh, that. Yeah, I mean, as we'll see, she is definitely somebody that does not get teased, for sure. And if she does, uh, oh the person boy. who does it... They, they regret that. Oh, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I have things to say right off the top about this episode, but I feel like maybe we can save that for a little bit later. All I'll say is that it reminded me of, uh, of another movie, um, just in terms of what happens at the, uh, not necessarily what happens when Victoria's teased, more about what, what Glam specifically does, uh, as a response to how they're acting towards him and his children. Yeah, um, I mean, go ahead, go with it. Might as well. Okay, I don't think it needs to. Come so, up so later. the so the big thing, so the big thing with this, uh, especially, was he leaves a glitter bomb, right? And mm -hmm. the funny thing that I think about that is that glitter bombs are pretty low stakes when it comes to vandalism. Like, 
yes, I understand glitter is impossible to clean up, but as far as I'm concerned, little sparkles and things like that is a little bit different than someone going and tagging you or your school with, uh, you know, swear words and things like that. It's glitter. It's pretty innocuous and innocent. I mean, you say that, but you got to look at it, one very important aspect of it. With glitter, you will constantly be reminded that this has happened. Constantly. Every time there's a little sparkle in the corner of your eye because you shift your weight, you are now reminded of what happened. Well, then in that way, I would say that that's a good reminder for the people that caused it to happen because glam reacted to how they treated him um so not only how they treated him but how they treated his son yes and uh i i so the big thing about this is that it all has to do with heavy's hair the whole the only reason they got in trouble is because they want heavy to cut his, his appearance hair. yes they wanted him to conform yes so with the fact that it has to do with you know heavy conforming and all of that so the film that i was reminded of was a uh 2010 movie called Remember Me that had Robert Pattinson in it. Have you ever heard of that movie? It sounds very familiar. I think I may have seen it, but I'm not remembering it right now. Uh, well, uh, any, uh, anyway, so one of the big things that happens is that, so Robert Pattinson, he's a, he's a university-aged uh, man, and uh, he has a younger sister who is... She's like 10 or 11 or something. She's very artistic and she's very, uh, she's, she's like me in the sense that she doesn't necessarily conform with everybody else because of the way she acts and the way she kind of is, especially from an artist's point of view. So one of the things that ends up happening is that she doesn't really get along with the other girls until one time they invite her to go over for a sleepover. She doesn't really want to do it, but everyone else in the family is kind of pressuring her to do it because you got to make friends. You got to at least put in effort to make it seem like you're trying. And then what ends up happening is that the next time we see her is that the girls pulled a prank on her, which was cutting her hair, which Mm. is pretty traumatizing because I'm pretty sure they did it while she was asleep. As most pranks tend to happen when you do sleepovers. Um, but as opposed to someone drawing a penis on you with a Sharpie or other fun things, cutting somebody's hair is a little bit more abusive and a little bit more just, you know, invasion of your privacy and everything. So what happens when that happens is that, of course, everyone in the family is mad about this. And what uh, Robert does is he takes her to school and he knows because he pays attention to his sister and what's happening in her life. He knows who's responsible for it. Um, And when she goes to sit down, one of the girls is like, oh, I like your hair, because she goes and gets her hair actually cut and styled. Um, You know, it looks good on you. Is it new? And everyone just starts laughing a little bit. And then Robert stands up, and he, at first like tries to knock over the desk of the girl who makes the comments. And then he picks up a fire extinguisher and throws it through the glass door. And then the next we see is their father um, escorting him out of, I can't remember if it was out of a police station or if it was just out of the principal's office. Um, Oh no, there were police there and it was still at the school. 
Um, and the father, who's played by Pierce Brosnan, he as, as he's walking away, he's just like, you know, I have to pay for that because that's vandalism. I have to pay because we're probably going to have to go to court and things like that and all these other things. And he's admonishing him in front of the other people. And then as soon as they're out of, you know, the eyesight of everybody else, he just like pats him on the back and he's like, good job, son. <laughs> Thanks for sticking up for your sister. Okay. So, so I haven't seen that movie, but that actually also reminds me of uh, F is for Family. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where uh, the father of the group, his name is Frank, uh, he's trying to show his kid how to be like more of a man and the fact that like you got to study and go to school because you're going to be stuck in a job like this, like I am, and I don't want that for you. You deserve better. <laughs> but of course, his, his kid is not good at school. He's really good at music and he wants to be a musician. Mm-hmm. So the father's getting berated by this old lady because uh, some of the guys in the flight, uh, the luggage area of the airport that he works at mm-hmm. are uh, they like went through her stuff and stole her medication They're like oh we're gonna get high with this and they start taking it so he grabs the medication back Jeez. and uh walks up and he's like oh i found this over in the luggage area uh he like walks and goes excuse me uh you work here right yes i found this over in the luggage area uh i think somebody might need it and he looks at him and goes oh this is uh your medication uh here you go sorry about all that and the lady was scolding him for like 15 minutes or something like that and she's like well i expected better from the service and blah 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 blah. and then the son just turns he's like why don't you shut up like he just yells at her and of course the father's just all straight face and then you know she leaves and they get into the car and he's like that was very rude of you <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't yell at people like that. <laughs> and they just kind of have this moment together because, you know, he's, you know, he, he's allowed, you know, the son's allowed to totally respond. But mm-hmm. of course, the father isn't because he's representing the company, right? So right, right. It, yeah. It, it totally reminds me of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, and again, it, it's very interesting. Well, especially because of the fact that with, with Vicky being um teased at the very end she very much was going to go in and do something a little bit more uh permanent and expensive <laughs> was it she has a she has a sledgehammer or was it an axe that she has we'll never know some, because some it's kind just of a an, shadow some kind of an, some some instrument <laughs> what we have is a tool and the important thing to remember is when you hold a hammer Everything, everything looks becomes like a, a nail. Everything becomes a nail or it becomes something that needs to get knocked down. Yep. So uh, let's carry on here. Uh, the second episode shows Dee and Heavy and a glimpse into their school lives, how they interact with the local bully. <laughs> well, you know, because I, rap music sucks. I Are you saying that as in that's your opinion or what? I'm not a huge fan of a lot of rap, to be honest. I don't know. I, Okay, fair. Heavy doesn't like rap. I I get it. I see why people <laughs> like it, but it's it's not for me. I mean, it's it's very it it definitely depends because there is some hip hop and rap that I enjoy and then there's other stuff which it's not that it turns into white noise. There's lots of music, especially pop music or anything that is pop in the sense that it's like top 40 or whatever, that just turns into white noise for me because I sit there and I go, okay, I guess everybody likes this, but just because everybody likes this doesn't necessarily mean it's good. 
just because McDonald's has over 65 billion served doesn't mean it's good. It means it's serviceable and it's something that everybody can go, mm-hmm, yep, I enjoyed that. That's fair enough. I got a huge, <laughs> bit of a question here for you then. Uh, but about, about music or about food? About music, actually. Because <laughs> it is going to be slightly on topic here. So what would you say is the difference between music and noise? You know what? That is a very good question, especially because some music that I absolutely love to listen to would probably be described as noise by people that either don't like it or do not understand what it's supposed to be. I totally, I'm totally right there with you. So I've actually developed a bit of a system uh, and I, I hope this kind of catches on. So to me, the difference between music and noise is music will uh, elicit emotional response. Mm -hmm. So you could say that hearing the coyotes howling is technically music. Mm -hmm. They're performing it for not you, but for themselves. Mm -hmm. So according to this, I'm going to completely agree, and I want you to try to argue this with me. Um, air sirens are music. Air sirens, as in like the air raids or... Yes, uh, air okay. raids. It elicits an emotional response. It's not one you want, but yeah. it is one. Um, so, yes, I would absolutely agree that. So I know you want me to disagree, but at the same time. So there's also a thing about it serves a purpose. So in that way, I would agree also that it is musical in a way. Um, if it serves it's, a purpose. Yes. Um, if there's some. So this is where I kind of say something turns into noise for me is because it just kind of turns into something that you hear in the background and is just there and it doesn't necessarily serve a purpose anymore. Perhaps it did serve a purpose, but that purpose is not useful, let's say. An air raid siren is very useful. A siren in general is very useful. You don't hear them all the time and if it just turns into noise, that says a lot about you and that also says a lot about how often you hear them and there are lots of things that that says. None of them are good things as far as I'm concerned. Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, let's get back on track here. Um, None of them are positive things. Um, well, okay. I, mean, I, I suppose we should actually talk about the episode. Yes, yeah, so let's get back on the episode here. Sorry for, sorry for the tangent. I swear I'm taking my meds. Um, so... The thing that I liked about this is that you really get an understand. Well, you definitely, this is more of an episode about D, right? This isn't really about heavy. Um, we're focusing, we're, we are laser focused in on D because he's the one who, excuse me. He was the one who was going through and coaching this kid and informing him of how the earpiece is going to work and how he will recite the answers back for the test that he's about to take. And of course, this is one of the way that D gets money. This is a job that he has, which is, mm, I don't know if I'd necessarily call this cheating because like some kids do absolutely struggle with this sort of stuff. And schools as an institution do not work for everybody. And there are some kids that will fall through the cracks, not necessarily because they don't get it, but because there aren't necessarily the right resources there for them to succeed. 
And then you have people like D that come in and are able to solve that problem for them. Is that the way that they want it? No, but as we've already seen in the previous episode, I don't think we should care what they think at this school. <laughs> to quote another uh, another show that we did watch not that long ago. Which, with a... Uh, um, was this through Undone? Nope. Actually, this is through uh, the genetic opera, Repo. Oh, right. With every market, a submarket grows. Yes, yes, that's, that's very true. <laughs> so, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I don't know. I, I never liked... The idea of school, um, like, sure, it kind of makes sense, but I don't know. It's it's messy, it's unorganized, and it's so bureaucratic. <laughs> yeah, that... I, I, I get the structure. I get what they're trying to do. I feel like it could have been done better, and... It should be done better, but whatever. We're not here to debate that. We're here to talk about this show. There are there are things to be said about education as an institution as opposed to what education was 200, 300, 400, 500 thousands of years ago when it was a place where the elite sent their children to be to become educated as opposed to what it is now where people will just say you put them into a machine and then they come out and they're then they understand that they are part of another machine and then they just continue going through into different machines i mean as someone who has graduate level education i have to say i suck at school i hate academics and i hate that i was forced to have to go through multiple levels of it because that was the only way I was informed that I would succeed in my profession, which, as I am learning these days, is actually really more about how good of a person you are in terms of how well do you get along with other people, how well do you take instruction, how good are you at doing what you're asked to do, and how, therefore, how likely are people going to recommend you to other people that you might not know. Yeah, as somebody who went through trade school, which mm -hmm. uh, uh, for some of our American viewers or overseas viewers, is a very weird system uh, compared to regular school because you work for a whole year, then you go to school for like, I went to school for 10 weeks, mm -hmm. then you have to go back to work for a full year and get another 10 weeks of schooling, do that four times. And now, uh, you, and now you can say that you're qualified to be a welder. Yeah. <laughs> Well, kind of. Welders are totally different because you have to get tickets for every individual type of welding you're doing. Oh, man. Uh, which is like the bureaucracy on the bureaucracy. Like, I yep. understand you have uh, your starting point and, you know, getting your levels and that. But I had to go through all of this and I don't like doing it. I do not like doing this. So it's like, great. Four years done. What did I learn? I don't want to do this. And here I stand, eight years later. I don't want to do this. And I'm still doing it. Uh, uh, yeah. So One I'm, day I'll figure this out. <laughs> I, yeah, so uh, really, really, I mean, with this episode, while we do see that D absolutely is always there for his brother as well, which is why he goes and helps him with the bully, um, which is important to see from a family dynamic, to see how how much of a whole um this family is um it is more important to just kind of see who d is as a person 
It really um, is. And, and to start to look into what his personality is going to be, because it's going to be there every time we see him in uh, other episodes. Yep. So uh, let's carry on to fourth. What about the third? We just uh, finished the second one. Sorry. Let's talk about the third episode then. Uh, Victoria and D get accosted by... No, a... this one wasn't D. This was heavy. Or what? Oh, wait, no, this was D. Oh, this yes, D. it was. It was D. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. So, Victoria and D get accosted by a gang of anti-smokers, showing just how Vicky deals with those kinds of people. I like it how you, you describe them as a gang, despite the fact that they are... Well, it's not that they're protesters necessarily. They're they're those uh, busybody type people, the the type of people that would be affiliated with like Greenpeace and PETA and things like that for the types of um, organizations that they would be representative of. I mean, are they not also gangs in their own right? So yes, in their in a way, yes, but they're not a gang that I would. That's not usually what I think of when I hear the term gang, right? Oh, you're thinking organization. In a way, sort of. Um, organization means that there's a profit behind it. So let's be honest. They probably don't <laughs> want to be considered an organization. Despite the fact that they absolutely do yeah, profit. Um, they actually do. Um, but let, let's, get, let's keep this on topic. I don't know. I think this, I mean, it is kind of important when it comes to what happens to them in the episode as well, because they're, because they're going around and everybody that they come up to, they're just like, Hey, don't you know that uh, you're not allowed to smoke anymore? And they're like effectively going up and ripping cigarettes out of people's mouths and stamping them out. It's not that bad. They're just spraying them with a spray bottle. Uh, Yeah. They're still physically interacting with people. (laughs) <laughs> which is interesting. It's just as bad, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that is grounds for assault, it, depending on how, uh, you know, how whoa, the judge whoa, wants whoa. to look. we got to be careful, though. They've done this multiple times, so technically, could it be a pepper? <laughs> <laughs> oh... <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that was that was a good one. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> the interesting thing again is that so I think um, the funny thing about this is that we do just see that there are n- there is no chill in this family either. Uh, if someone comes and does something to you, or they are trying to get a reaction out of at the very least, Vicky or Glam, they are just going to go right to 11 on their dial and just absolutely overcommit to whatever their response is going to be. And in Vicky's case, it is very violent. But... It was self-defense. I mean, again, (laughs) it's not that I'm not necessarily on her side because the things that they're saying and it's they were deliberately trying to get a rise out of her. It's only just that when they review the footage and they find out that, no, they absolutely are the ones that uh, were responsible for all this stuff. And she was just defending herself. What footage there was remaining. You know, it's uh, one thing that kind of thinking about this episode and that uh, really brings forward to me is the fact that a lot of, like, 
Dana and I talked have talked about this kind of stuff before too. Um, if you are an attractive person, or mm-hmm. if you have a certain style that's very predominant, uh, no matter what you do, you are out on display. Like, yep, you're always going to get attention. Yeah, you're going to get that attention, and you do have to deal with it one way or another, whether you ignore it or you do something about it. Mm-hmm. And in this case, like, I don't know, because Vicky's kind of drawn as a cartoon, I'm going to assume she's attractive. I would say that she, <laughs> as people like to say, she is very thick. And in that... Uh, she's built. I wouldn't say thick. I don't think she's... Because thick is you, kind of like... Do you mean, you, do you know, you know which thick I'm talking about, right? Uh, I'm, T-H-I-C-C? I don't think she's that kind of thick. I think she's, uh, I think she's toned. Ah, okay. Because so, thick is a little bit like, you do have muscle on you, but you mm-hmm. have a little bit of hef on you. A little bit of, uh... Right, but it's more about the places where it is when you true. describe somebody as thick. But I I think she does, like, deal with people like this. And mm-hmm. also coming from a biker background. Yeah. Like, you you basically, you it, have to deal with this the exact same way. Because yep. if you don't, um, then I mean, that, that, leaves have you, this, that leaves you open. That leaves yeah. you open for repeats, everything. Yeah. I mean, like, a lot of women, Dana and I have talked about this, and a lot of women have this issue where if they don't deal with it like this right away and mm-hmm. stomp it out, then people are going to think, oh, it's okay to do this and continue it. I mean, like, there's, it, it kind of reminds me of this uh, thing that happened a long, long time ago, back in my McDonald's days. A girl would always show up at where I was working, and she'd always order a Big Mac and French fries and talk about how she's vegan. Um, so we always called her uh, Big Mac. <laughs> or, oh, Big no, no, Mac's no, it wasn't, here. It wasn't Big Mac. What was it? Um... <laughs> Quarter pounder is quarter pounder. She order it quarter pounder. No, no, she ordered it a very specific way, but but it wasn't for her. Oh, it was actually okay. for like somebody she worked with because she worked in the the Westmount Mall. Yeah, in the, yeah, in the right, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at that time, it was Radio Shack. That's how long ago this was. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, like, um, me and this one manager would always kind of like tease her a little bit about it, mm-hmm. and uh, then one day she, you know, responded back. No, no, she was totally fine with it because she liked both of us. And I actually ended up going out on a date with her. And then I found out just how vegan she was. And I was like, oh, I'm a hunter and you're vegan. This isn't going to work. So we amicably <laughs> left, actually. She was she like she was totally fine with me being a hunter. Well, we didn't invest enough into each other before we, <laughs> we decided to part ways. So it, it, it wasn't a loss for either of us. Like, we didn't fight. It was right. just, oh, we are who we are. And, yeah. you know, uh, that's the best way to put it. And, you know, she was definitely one of those girls that, like, other people tried to tease her about it. And she mm-hmm. wouldn't put up with it. But she liked both of us. So Fair enough. Even though I was quite a bit younger than her. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, still, just had... Um... Yeah, so I mean, part of that definitely has to do with Victoria's background, but in some ways, it's just interesting because her re- her response is what I see a lot more and more. A lot of people are going, no, this is how you need to respond to 
people that are acting this way towards you because yes, they're trying to get a rise out of you and then they're going to try to hide behind, oh, I wasn't actually doing anything to you, doing the whole, I'm not touching you, I'm not touching you thing so that they can claim that they were being a victim despite the fact that they are still abusing you. Exactly. And at the end of the day, I just always sit back and I go, I'm on her side when it comes to things like this because it's obvious that the people that are doing the intimidation are not acting in good faith anyways. So it doesn't matter what they say their actions have already spoken and the people that are not going to be on your side weren't going to be on your side regardless of how you responded so it doesn't so you shouldn't be worried about what those sorts of people think and heck even when it comes to the police yeah absolutely you shouldn't trust them <laughs> how many times have we said variations of a cab on this uh, podcast miles <laughs> <laughs> you know, man, it's, every time I say it, a part of me actually just gets a little more sad because I grew up and I was taught, like, you should be able to trust the police. Mm -hmm. And nowadays I look at it and I'm like, would any sane person tell their kid to trust the police? Mm -hmm. Like... If anything, the police are basically just another tool to be used. Yeah. And they can be used against you. Mm -hmm. I mean, like a firearm. A firearm can hurt you or other people if used incorrectly. Same with the police. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, same with lots of other things. Water can be a great tool and it can be used against you. Electronics, computers. I mean, the good old joke. The good old joke about search history, and you know, I look oh, something up, and now yeah. my search history is ruined, and I don't want anybody to see anything about this. Yeah, just yeah. because I have to ask a stupid question, like I don't know, like is tuna a fish or is tuna a chicken? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, like things, things like that. But uh, <laughs> all of these things are not your friend. We thought they think, were going to be. I think it's wrong, but they, they should be. They absolutely should be. But yeah. we live in an area, we live in a world where that's like, it's no longer the case. Mm -hmm. And I wish, I wish we could turn back to where that was possible. Because for people who don't have somebody they can lean on, they should at least be able to lean on that. Mm -hmm. And if they can't, like what kind what of has, world what has we, happened to us? Yeah, yeah. what how how have we strayed so far? Mm -hmm. Not from God, but from ourselves. And uh, yeah, I'll, let's <laughs> let's get out of this and go into episode four. Well, this is actually <laughs> a way better place to go into. Yes. <laughs> so episode four, we have the family playing poker with a close friend of the fam. Wow. I really kind of hope you leave this in because uh, I'm not good at writing scripts and this proves it. The redundancy in here. Wow. <laughs> the fourth night we have the family playing poker and we are introduced to the a close friend who goes by the name of Chive. <laughs> yep. Uh, first real appearance of him in the series. Um, I liked I liked this. Um one of the things I liked about it is that it, it, it sort of reminds me of family games nights in my own family, um, where you have 
uh, one person who is hyper competitive and might not necessarily be the best at it. And then you have other members of the family that are also hyper competitive, but are actually good. And they, and they play for keeps. (laughs) And then you have someone like me, who's like, doesn't want to get drawn into the competitiveness of it, but does in a way, because that in some ways that is just how we are wired as humans. Um, we and, are wired to have a little bit of competitive competitiveness. In yeah, us. absolutely. Um, and so, and then you just find yourself getting drawn into that, and therefore you also get worked up, and then someone just wins because of. I don't even. I I suppose luck would be the best way to describe how Chive is just able to win at all times. But the way he does it and the fact that it just absolutely pisses off everybody is just perfect. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I do <laughs> I do like this episode, especially the way that uh, Glam and Dee are kind of having this conversation about things in the oh, middle of the no. game. <laughs> you know, the, the battle of the minds, as Chives put it. That was beautiful because... It has nothing to do with the game, and yet it still does because he grinds him, <laughs> Glam grinds down his son into, you know, folding and therefore letting him win. Yep, exactly. <laughs> it, it was it was a beautiful touch, and uh, I do believe that this was something that uh, Glam was trying to, like, f- not necessarily figure out, but, like, let his son know, hey... I know about this. Yeah. You, you gotta you gotta get up a little earlier than this to pull one over the old rooster. <laughs> or in this case, you know, you gotta get up earlier than this to get into the uh, to get into the tour bus to to get to your next step. Right. Next, uh, in your next gig. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. So uh, and all and all because of uh, I think my favorite about it is like. Vic, Vicky, everything that she's saying is true, and it's just hilarious because she is so bad at it. If she went to a casino, she would just, she would lose so much money. She would lose so much money. But <laughs> she would just get cleaned out by these people with just like dead eyes that just live there. Yeah, I don't know about that necessarily because I think Vicky's the kind of person who may not have good luck, so she's going to make it. She's going to do something to get her way. We'll talk about it later. Um, I wonder I wonder how casinos work in uh, in Russia. But I mean, I also say that as someone who has never actually gone into a casino, period. So I don't know how casinos work at all. <laughs> Well, here in Canada, they actually have a lot of volunteers because I work a couple of casinos every now and then. Well, sure. I mean, I understand how I understand how casinos work. I just mean in the sense of as someone going into a casino to gamble, how does it work? Because I've never done that. I assume you just walk in the front door and you just throw your money and go, "Here, take it, take it all." I mean, they probably. Ah. I mean, they probably <laughs> wouldn't say no to that. Uh, let's carry on to uh the fifth episode this is where glam and vicky go to a bequeathment and glam reviews the glam receives the mystery box oh yeah this is the one where uh, vicky has to wear a dress isn't it yes (laughs) i do like that whole bit where she's getting it on and that 
And then afterwards, uh, she's like, oh, she says to Glam, she, she says to Glam, uh, you're good. You have to wear something uh, just as ridiculous. And he goes, yep, and disappears. And then she confuses uh, Glam's sister for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, it's it's not above you to dress in drag, huh? And then realizes, oh, this is his sister. And, uh, uh, and, we're, that, that inter- and we're introduced to Lydia. Ah. <laughs> uh, Lydia feels like my sister. You know, there are things that I wonder... Well, I mean, we we definitely learn more about her once we learn more about uh, Glam. And, I mean, we get nice little snippets of this. So, I mean, Glam obviously came from uh, a very well-reared background, very rich... I would use the term hoity-toity. Oh, yeah. That that definitely works, too. Or at least as far as we know now. Wasn't wasn't there a yacht or something, one of the things that that, that, that was given out as part of the, you know, reading of the will and everything? Or did I mishear? It was missed. It was missed. It should have been included, but it wasn't. Okay, uh, that's what it was. Lydia makes a huge stink about it. Okay, that's what it was. Yes, I I actually really like this episode because it shows you for for how happy-go-lucky Glam appears. Mm -hmm. This really shows that he has deeper emotions and he puts this facade on for everybody else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is kind of brought through his eyes because a lot of people do comment about his eyes being Mm -hmm. like they're they're so intense. Mm -hmm. But... uh, I don't know. Did you notice in the beginning his eyes and how intense they were? Um, I would say no. Um, the thing that I noticed mostly is the fact is actually his facial expression, which is that he kind of, it's not like he has a joker smile, but he always kind of has a a nice grin on his face. I wouldn't call it a shit-eating grin, but he's always kind of, always looking fairly try to look happy and you know have higher spirits so I wouldn't necessarily say that it was his eyes that stuck out to me it was the fact that he is always smiling even when it seems that he gets upset I get Um, accused of that a lot oh oh, yeah yeah Yeah, I'm always (laughs) smiling and Regardless of how good things are going or how bad they are. Yeah, and so that was what stuck out more to me with that. But I mean, so I mean, we absolutely know that Glam you came from a rich family. If they have a yacht, they have money because yachts are not cheap. I think a yacht costs multi-millions of dollars just to purchase in the first place, not to mention actually the process of owning a yacht. Uh, you can find some used ones for about 500000 if you got that laying around in cash. I mean, sure, but then you need you need a staff to run a yacht. No, you don't actually. Really? No, you, I, I guess actually I, I was guess it must a, depend on the size then. Uh, like, I was actually on a quote-unquote yacht um, for a long time ago. This was probably when I was about 10. Uh, we went on, like, a houseboat trip, and it was it was a yacht. It was... Hmm. But uh, I, I guess the difference is size. I, yeah. So. Well, considering where they are and considering where we are, I'm pretty sure when they're talking about a yacht, 
They're talking about something that you go out and you hire a captain and a crew. Uh, yeah, I, I think ours was not on the actual ocean, but it was a really big lake in BC. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But I, I guess that's part of the, the thing. That checks out. But still, though, like it... it what it's... about that watch collection that the cousin got? Well, yeah, that, that too. Was, that was a lot of Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you are a watch person, aren't you? I but... like my... Well, I'm a tool guy and a watch kind of falls under that. So. Right. So it's... It's not necessarily, well, I mean, you're not exactly someone who's going out there and trying to collect Omegas and Bright Hearts or, wait, is that, is that the right name that I'm thinking of or am I thinking of something else? Oh, well, like Longas is a good brand. Yeah, or, uh, well, I mean, Rolex and shit like that, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I throw that out there as more in the sense that you hear a Rolex and it's kind of like you hear about a Ferrari. Oh, that's something that you can just buy and you don't care about what the price is and that's why you own them. If you have to ask what the price is, then you, you shouldn't be shopping. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, despite the fact that there are Rolexes, just like there are, you know, Lamborghinis and Ferraris that absolutely can be made affordable for the petite bourgeoisie. <laughs> for the young and up and coming. For the, for, the Hen, for the Henrys among us. <laughs> have you ever heard of that, Henry? Yes, I have. High, in, high earner, not rich yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Basically man. everybody in America. <clears throat> uh, well, and I mean, the other interesting thing with, and again, the reason why I talk about Glam Smile is because he drops it at the end of the episode. When he gets the box. That's, or, uh, is it when he looks in the box or just when he gets the box? When he looks in the box. When he looks in the box. Because then it, uh, I, won't, I, I won't spoil it. We'll talk about that later. You're right. But I do love how, like, that was a really good show of how the, uh, the artist, the creator, mm -hmm. was able to show emotion without vocals. Mm-hmm. Which, and, like, that can be a pretty tough thing to do, especially on art in terms of, like, emotional art or motion art. Yes. Um, whether it be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a cartoon like this or mm -hmm. um, Balin's Root. Right. You know? That's, yeah. It, it's a, it can be a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. I, well, they nailed it. I mean, when it comes to animation, you are very much relying on your your artists, your animators to communicate um, what that person would, because if it was something that was filmed, you would rely on the artist as in the actor, because they're the ones that are portraying the character and they are the ones that have to facilitate that emotional change. And so when it comes to animation, you are not you are recreating what that person would do and therefore now that falls under your ability to draw that and make it ring out to your audience so and one thing we should learn about or one thing that we should definitely have learned from uh bohem mm -hmm. is that you should not rely on the artist <laughs> because they don't make enough money <laughs> laughing so I don't cry <laughs> oh <laughs> oh man I so uh, 
Anyways. <laughs> what was the one joke from uh, the Glass Cannon podcast? I was just listening to them recently. They're talking, they've been doing live shows and presenting them because they've done their Giant Slayer campaign. Oh, okay. And uh, they're, they actually ran into this artist. There's a big kerfuffle and stuff. And the one girl's talking to the artist. And uh, she says, uh, you know, how does it feel to to be to be in an area where you're you're only really going to be appreciated when you're dead? <laughs> and uh, huh. one of the guys is oh. saying, like, you know, that's actually about a lot of things when you think about it, but not prostitution unless you're in a very specific niche. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! If you go uh, find someone who is. Uh... Uh, what, what do they call those necrophiliacs? Yeah. Or, or I guess there are other people that have a snuff fetish, which I do feel sorry for the people that get hired because that means they're probably not going to live to use that payment. Well, you know, yeah. what you know what snuff is, right? Oh, I know. Yeah. It, it all comes back to the, the <laughs> things that are like, there's fantasy and then there's what and you there's can like there's, a, there's do. kink and then there's like when it comes to kink there's like fantasy and then there's like things that you can kind of do mhm so like uh i don't know maybe somebody has like a a foot fetish you can do that it's fine right maybe they have a cannibalism fetish probably not that that's that's more of the fantasy side of things yeah yeah so i'm not going to let you actually literally bite off my finger i don't mind you know drawing blood is one thing <laughs> i don't know I'm... but but how much you draw and how it happens well you know gonna draw a line somewhere so i uh dana found this thing and it was a uh it was a uh what do they call it like a kink uh survey to mm -hmm. find like what is your kink in all this oh okay and she's like you totally have to do this so i did it and she was really surprised i am a hundred percent vanilla yeah I was, I was i was honestly wondering about that i'm sitting there going i feel like you are one of those people who could go for anything but when if it if it came down to if someone put a gun to your head and asked you you would just be like uh, just you know get down on the bed you know missionary that that's it i'm happy i've been around <laughs> don't complicate things I, i've been around I've, <laughs> you know i as you know i i walked by college a while ago and I, I i heard people talking about like you know like oh yeah i can't wait i'm gonna go to this party i'm gonna get laid and it all just kind of came back to me. I'm like, you know what? They, they're they talking about having sex, but they don't realize it's not That's good not, sex. Yeah. And like, I, I've been through that a lot, a lot, a lot. And I would much rather just have that good connection with people and not have to like, you know, involve other things with it. I don't right. need to complicate it. I'm, I'm happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's this is a void or this is a uh, abyss. I don't need to gaze into. It's 
I've got other abysses I'm more interested in right now. We have certainly moved far away from talking about the bequeathments <laughs> and the inheritance and all of that stuff. Yes, well, let's <laughs> let's uh, carry on, my wayward son, <laughs> and go into uh, let's go into the sixth episode. So in this episode, we have the family explore an escape room event in town. And we get to see how the family interacts with one another. Mainly the kid, how the kids interact, or the parents interact with the kids. Yeah, so I gotta say that this was probably my favorite episode of the whole show, of the whole first season, I should say. As in, this is the one that really stuck with me. Part of that, I wonder, is because of the fact that I've never gone into an escape room. They've been around for a while, and I still haven't gone to one. I thought I was going to do some, then the pandemic happened. Of course, everything shut down, and now I'm so busy, and I'm just like, I've... Escape rooms are supposed to be fun when you do it with more than one or two people, so, you know, a birthday party or something. I guess maybe next year. Yeah, I don't know. Personally, when it comes to escape rooms, I'm... I can be that guy who just, like... If you give me a task, You'll get I don't it know done. if I want to be there or not, I'm going to get it done as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that means using shortcuts like, I know how a lot of locks work. <laughs> well, I can just bypass them. And, you know, oh no, you're locked in this room. Well, not for long. <laughs> that's what you think, kiddo. <laughs> well, I mean, it's... In some ways, it's not too different from what they do themselves. Well, I'm not going to knock down a wall because that's a lot of effort. And it wasn't for I'm her. Not, I'm not lazy. I'm energy efficient. I'm going to go through about it the most simplistic way. And if that means removing a few screws to get it or like lifting a, lifting a door to get it off the hinges, I'll, I can do that. I know how to do it. I've done it before. Mm -hmm. I need to get through a lock. I've done that too. I, yep. It's not hard. Uh, locks only keep honest men honest, and I'm an honest man, so if you push comes to shove, I will get tired of this. Well, I mean, and the funny thing about that is that, like, you say that, you know, you want to be energy efficient and everything, and it's funny, going back to what we were talking about with Vicky, about, you know, she's very built, right? I mean, she just picks up, she takes a sledgehammer off the wall that was cemented in place, and that's a... That's probably like a 10-pound sledgehammer. That like, was a pretty big one, yeah. Yeah. Like, it, even if it was just all steel. Mm-hmm. Because, like, when it comes off, it actually makes, like, a metallic noise. Yeah. So, and she's just, and she just, like, hefts that thing and just swings it around. Not like it's nothing, but you can tell this is not the first time that she's done something like this. You know? Something along the lines of. Uh, no, I'm not saying that, you know, she has experience vandalizing in the past, but, she, you know, she may have worked for, uh, make for work, she may have done some work on a rec crew or something like that. So you do that stuff every day because that's part of your job. You go ahead and believe what you want, Cameron. You can tell yourself this. It's okay. Sure. I mean, I would, I... You can hey. tell yourself, if this, if this helps you sleep at night, I'm okay with it. <laughs> I'm, hey, hey, we don't know, okay? We don't even know necessarily how old they are or she is. So it's entirely possible. You're right. I'm being naive about it. <laughs> Especially considering the first episode of the season. 
Exactly. But still, though, it, it's funny that you say that about, you know, taking as little effort. And, you know, in a way, she probably thought that that was the path of least resistance, too. I think she just thought it was all part of it. But I mean, sure. But uh, I mean, at the same time, you know, she gets heavy to knock some bricks out, too. Ah, <laughs> uh, this this was a good one. I do also like how uh, the father says, you know, kind of teaches uh, Dia an important lesson, and that is sometimes you just got to let people have their victories, yep. regardless of if they are actually a victory or yep. not. Yep, absolutely. Oh, especially yeah. if you're close to them. And the, well, and the way he was acting with Vicky when they were still together, you know what? I really like that. So your comparison that you were making to the Adams family before, absolutely. <sighs> Glam and Vicky, you know, that's totally Gomez and Morticia. They love each other unconditionally, and they are there for each other through thick and thin. And it's the same with their kids. And you see that when he is going around and while Vicky is just, you know, re recalling something from a movie or whatever, and Glam's just like, oh, found that, found that, found that. That goes here, doing all of the meticulous and all the thought bits and just solving the puzzle. And then he does what he needs to do to get his wife to have a victory. He knows how to do it and he doesn't need to prove it to himself. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's a, it's a really good relationship. Actually, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now that I think about it. And then him They're really good for each other. And <laughs> then that, and then him passing that on to D at the end where he's just kind of like, no, 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 don't, don't tell them that they did it wrong because they still got it right in a way. They got out, which was the whole point. Yep, they so. escaped the escape room. <laughs> good thing, well, I shouldn't, I was about to say good thing he comes from money. And then I'm like, well, actually, technically he doesn't because he didn't, he left it all he behind. Didn't, he didn't receive any of it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the seventh episode, and this is the one where we have Dee trying to learn how to play the guitar, and his dad kind of goes over teaching him. Mm -hmm. uh, no emotional damage, right? For who? Are you talking about... Uh... <laughs> I guess here I can answer yes. <laughs> um... Let's get on to our next big subject, Cameron. Generational trauma. Which you, we were definitely not... Well, I mean, that's something that we're going to have to cover once we get to the end of the season. But we we get more hints of it here. Well, so there's a few things to this. So I would definitely agree that maybe what Glam says to Dee when Dee comes in and says, I'd like some lessons. And Glam is just like, you're not going to be the next Jimi Hendrix and you're not good at music and every and everything like that. So he definitely is a little bit harsh to start, but I can say this as someone who also teaches and teaches people from any various abilities. A lot of times I come in and the first thing I ask them is, what are your goals? What do you want to get out of this? Because I need to know so that I can gauge how I'm going to teach you and and how I'm going to do that in terms of a timeline, how long I'm going to be working with you and, and, and all sorts of things. And of course, there also might be a harsh conversation I'll need to have with them at some point, which will be, no, you can't do that. 
you can do something similar to that, but you cannot do that because you're not going to be able to, or you're not going to be able to do what you, what you in your mind are thinking you're going to be able to do. You know, I'm going to burst your bubble a little bit, but I'm going to try to be nice about it so that you continue paying me to <laughs> teach you. <laughs> but since it's his kid, he can, I guess, be a little bit harsher right off the top. And I think also that plays a little bit into how into D's ego, because D has one. Oh, D has a lot of ego. D has a huge ego. Um, so in this way, this is another way to curb that a little bit to... It's, I can understand Glam's approach, but I think there's a whole lot of things going on that he probably, that neither of them were really aware of until they started this. And so it ends up being bad for all of them. Well, I think... Bad is I, not the right word. It, it's, it's not a good experience. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a better way to put it. <clears throat> but at the same time... I do think that Glam did have to put first uh, Digo. <laughs> Has to try to sink that ship right now. <laughs> yeah, because let's admit it. Uh, D being the older brother does have a huge edge on Heavy. Mm -hmm. And Heavy needs to have his things. And if D's always better at them than he is, mm -hmm. that, it's not a great way to grow. Uh it, it, well, I shouldn't say it's not a great way to grow. It's a very difficult way to grow. Mm -hmm. At least if you have something you can hold on to for a while and be like, I'm kind of good at this and you know, I'm better than the people I know about this. You feel like you have place. Yes. So I feel like that was something that he kind of wanted to drive home with it mm -hmm. because he does say that, you know, Heavy is good at this. Mm -hmm. You're not going to be as good as him. But... Uh, no, I, I think this was a beautiful episode, and it really does... Uh, it highlights a number of things. This was an episode that when I saw the second time, mm -hmm. I really started to realize that Glam sounds like his father. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, that, yeah, we're definitely going to get into that. Um, yeah, we'll get into that, but... Uh, no, I, I do... this. I would argue that this is my favorite episode. yeah. Oh, other than the ending, of course. Yeah. But that's there, kind of its own thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, there were lots of good things to come out of this. Um, and it, it, I, I definitely still think the sixth one is my favorite out of all of them. Just uh, uh, more from a perspective of how everyone is in their element. This one is very good. There's a lot of really good stuff in it. It's just like... As, as, as much as I enjoy things that are very dour and harsh and cruel, considering the other things that we have reviewed for this podcast. And that we're going <laughs> to be reviewing. Uh, it's kind of surprising that I don't say that this one is my favorite or some of the other upcoming episodes. That's okay. You're allowed to be wrong. <laughs> uh, I mean, if there's one thing that I found really sweet at the very end is that while D is just absolutely upset that he can't get this and Heavy just gets it naturally. And I remember there's a little bit where he's, 
I think he's playing a game like he's online and he's chatting with his friends or something and he talks about how oh yeah I just you know learned how to play this one riff or something like that and he and he says you know this came so easy to me you know if it came so easy to me you know uh, D's probably already mastered and gone on to far better things than me. And it really shows how much he looks up to him. Mm-hmm. It's really sweet. And, it, and you know, it's kind of, you know, a nice little gut punch for D as well. Because D is just like, and here, I can't play guitar for shit. <laughs> yeah, everybody has their thing. Everybody has their thing, yes. Well, I think sound effects. Here's the T-Rex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh. Oh, my God. God, <laughs> let's bring uh, the nostalgia there's some, there's some there's some good old classic CanCon for everybody. <laughs> yep. Oh man. For those of you who don't know, it's uh, it, it was, was a commercial referred to. What's your thing? Feel free to yeah. look it up on YouTube and so enjoy. so you need to so specifically you should look up concerned children's advertisers because that was the group that did this set of PSAs. Yeah. Um, this is also where, if any of you have ever, any of you non-Canadians have ever heard of the house hippo, this is also what brought us the house hippo. Yes, I, that's one of my favorites. But <laughs> we'll do one of those later when we can get an American over to do an episode. We'll go through a bunch of those PSAs. Like, don't oh you put it in your mouth? Oh my god! Oh uh, my so god! So you're gonna have to go make some American friends and get. Oh, don't them on worry. Oh, don't worry. I've I've made a few. Bring them up here uh, hopefully. For like, Hopefully some of them are listening to, well, maybe not necessarily listening to this right now, but in the future, some of them will be listening to this episode. Yep. But in the meantime, let's move on to episode eight. This episode, Heavy is meeting his mom at the bar to get into the house. Hilarity ensues. I I guess hilarious for some... I mean, we're just seeing her, you know, do a bunch of uh, bar games to win money. I think the term you're looking for is grifting. Yeah, that's true. She that is what what that is what she's doing ultimately. Um, I'm not sure how I I'm not sure how I feel about what she says at the end. For people that are willing to part with their money like that, have money to burn, and therefore I don't feel bad about taking it. I mean, on one hand, I kind of agree, but Heavy raises a good point about other people that would put their money down because they hope that they're going to get more money back because they need money. Well, I guess somebody is more lawful than chaotic. So, are we referring to? So we're referring to heavy then, right? No, I'm referring to you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Because uh, chaotic right. is like, yeah, you'll figure it out. Don't you worry. As lawful as, you know, we have to stand together and, you know, we shouldn't be doing this to each other. It's wrong. Whereas You've known me long enough that you probably should have had that pegged years ago, Miles. <laughs> I have it pegged like, uh, like a poster on my wall, but uh, still, just pointing it out. <laughs> That's... But uh, no, no, I I do like this episode. I think it's pretty good, especially because we do kind of learn that Bug is a, a friend of uh, Oh, yeah, Vicky. right. And also we learn about Victoria, who I think is a great character and I want to see a lot more of. Aren't you talking about Anna? Victoria is her full name. You mean, you mean yes, Anna, Anna, her friend. I'm getting, yes. I'm getting the names mixed up. 
<laughs> Anna, the third wave feminist. We'll we'll break that down a little bit later on, though. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do like that chat because it does kind of show that. Uh, well, Glam is the guy who's trying to nurture and bring up uh, the the children. It seems Victoria <laughs> has the exact opposite, and she's the one who's going to say, "Sure, you can, you know, be fancy in that, but remember, the world moves forward, and we have to move as well." Mm. Yeah. You know, it is important to learn the lessons of, uh, you know, highs are great, but you do have to carry the garbage out every now and then. There is that. Um, however, I feel that there is a little bit more of a of an anarchist uh, slant to to Vicky as well. She very much is not one for necessary. I mean. Uh, she comes from being in like around bikers and things like that. So obviously she understands community and things like that. But bikers are not exactly. Hmm. It depends on your your bikers. Yeah, I was about to say it's like they're not upstanding members of the community. And then like, actually, that really depends on where you live. Say that to the bikers who uh, go yeah, and stand yeah, and yeah. hang out with uh, yes, I know with children who have to go testify against adults and that. Yes, you're right, like... and that's why I was, and that's why I, and then, and that's why I wasn't going to use those words. Uh, from a societal perspective, bikers and biker gangs are not exactly looked upon positively. Let's say they are definitely always seen as outsiders and not law-abiding citizens. Despite the fact that maybe some of them still are because they're people that like their bike and they like to, you know, wear their leathers and everything like that and therefore they like to go out and boom, boom, boom with their buddies. Yeah, no, I... Uh, <laughs> I grew up with a lot of different ideas of what society is and mm-hmm. I've learned a lot about other forms of society. I mean... Yep. And to be fair... Our society is kind of weird uh, in the sense of, oh, you're growing up now. You went and done all your schooling. You got yourself a job. Get out. I don't want you here anymore. Live mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yep. Whereas other places are like, you know, stay, live with family. I'm going to get old. Eventually, you might as well just live here with us and such. And uh, I mean, like biker communities, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of the bikers I know. They all have different political views. They all have different things, but they stick together because they have that commonality. Mm-hmm. I mean, like other communities do the same thing. Yes. Uh, anime communities and that are very similar. I'm sure the music community is the same. The shooting community is very much the same. See, like, that's what I thought you were immediately going to pivot to is the shooting community. Because despite the fact that everyone kind of thinks it's a very homogenous far right or at the very least right leaning organization there are so many people that i affiliate with that are very much left-leaning uh you know gender fluid queer and everything like that absolutely the last people that you would think would be into guns but hey if you go far enough to the left you get your guns back (laughs) because you use them to overthrow the people in power it's less of a horseshoe and just a very it's more like an oval. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> an entertaining oval. It's an uh, egg. It's yeah. all an egg. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, let's get back on topic here. Well, I mean, so I mean, in some ways, the big thing is that we get to see a little bit more of Anna. Yes, right? yes, we do get to see a little bit of Anna and how Anna interacts with uh, with uh, Vicky, and in addition to everybody else, yeah, and how she treats everybody else. <laughs> in addition to what you were saying about her being kind of like a third wave feminist, there is just a uh, I don't know. She's she. There is a kind of entitlement. There's a way that she acts, which kind of reminds me a little bit of Lydia. But uh, she is she comes from Vicky's world as opposed to coming from Glam's world. So different upbringings, perhaps, but similar personality and outlook. Yeah, no, I can see that. Well, I would say similar personality, but from a different outlook. Because I don't think Vicky right. is a rich, rich person like Lydia is, but she's definitely opinionated. And but and, she and thinks she her has way money, is the best. and she has money to burn. Yeah, like true. like Vicky says. But you're right, it, not uh, in the same category at all compared to Lydia. We're talking about boxers and bow ties here, man. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say silk underwear or something. You know. We've been talking about this for a very, we have so much that we still want to cover. And uh, I don't know, Miles, do you, do you think our audience really wants uh, a full, like, I don't know, hour and a half, two hours of just Metal Family? Yeah, we can break this up into two, two pieces. It would probably be a better idea. Okay. All right. Well, then, uh, we're going to call it here, and uh, then we will get back at you for the rest of our discussion on Metal Family at another time. Perfect. We'll see you next time. See ya. See ya.